0: Luke 2, 21 through 40 is our passage this morning, so you can start turning there if you'd like. Today, we have the opportunity to continue a story. Uh, We've been focusing on this story for the entire month in our services here, most of us in our homes as well, especially in the last week. It's the story of the incarnation, the story of Christmas. Often our rehearsal of this story includes the familiar scenes of... Mary and Joseph's travels on a donkey, and of the angelic hosts filling the sky and singing, of wise men bringing gifts, uh, and many more things. But often, uh, we don't go as far as the passage that we are studying today. Um, We have the continuation of the story here in our text, uh, just a number of days and weeks after those very familiar scenes. Uh, So Luke, 2, 21 through 40, carries us out of the manger and to the temple and beyond. Uh, Before we start working through the story this morning, I want to talk about one of the themes that I see in this short passage, uh, that is anticipation. Uh, We all experience anticipation for various things every day. Uh, The anticipation that my new puppy has for his food Uh, is an experience that nearly brings him to wet all over the floor Uh, every time I get the bag of food off the fridge. He has not yet, but it is amazing that he has not because it looks like he's going to every time. Uh, So there's that. Um, And uh, there's uh, the anticipation that most of us enjoyed over the last few weeks of impending trips uh, to see family or of hosting family, friends, friends, Uh, especially obvious to those of us who have kids, is the anticipation of presents on Christmas. Uh, My kids are the age, well, even both of them now. Last year Sadie had no clue. This year it's giving, but also, of course, getting presents. Great anticipation for that. Uh, My son apparently has mixed feelings of anticipation and the the feeling of that. Uh, Recently I told him that his mom and I have a surprise for him and his sister when we get them into their new room after we move in a couple weeks. Uh, he looked at me and asked, "What is it?" And uh, I told him he couldn't know since it was a surprise, and then he proceeds to immediately look like he's going to burst into tears uh, or at least like <sighs> lose it and uh, he he said, "Daddy, sometimes surprises and anticipation are frustrating, and <laughs> so apparently it was just i'm turning their bed into a bunk bed, so that's it. you know wasn't anything crazy?" Apparently, my uh, my idea of building some exciting anticipation really flopped, uh, fell, <laughs> fell quite short there. So anyway, um, but anticipation always uh, builds towards a climax or fulfillment. And it's centered on something. As far as anticipation goes, we're going to hear of a far greater and deeper anticipation that sits at the heart of this little text. A uh, Simeon is one of five characters in the narrative of this passage. Uh, We don't know a lot about him, but what we do know is that he was living his life with a great anticipation and hope. This anticipation uh, was really what filled his mind and his heart, what guided him and drove him day to day. Uh, You see, Simeon was looking eagerly to something far greater than dog food or presents or certainly a frustrating surprise from daddy. Uh, but Simeon was looking for the salvation of the Lord. So, if you haven't done it yet, turn with me to Luke 2:21 through 40, and we will uh, read there. I want to read through this short portion of the story that Luke is telling uh, to Theophilus, and then I want to zoom out and look at uh, just a zoom over of the plot and the the characters, and then finally we'll end with some observations on Luke's account and what it highlights about uh, this anticipation. So verse 21 of Luke 2. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84 she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day and coming up at that very hour she began to give thanks to god and to speak to him excuse me to all who were waiting for the redemption of jerusalem and when they had perfor- performed everything according to the law of the lord they returned into galilee to their own town of nazareth and the child grew and became strong filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful once again to open your word together as a body. I pray that you will allow us to understand uh, this uh, portion of your word, that we will uh, not just uh, understand it and uh, make sense of it, God, but that we will um, ask for your spirit to um, impact us and uh, teach us, and that we will be responsive to that. Um, Give me clarity this morning, and I pray that you will uh, just bless our time uh, together as a body. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, first, the the plot. Just a quick recap of this small excerpt from Luke. Uh, So, Jesus turns eight days old, excuse me, sorry, eight days old, not eight, um, and he's circumcised, and then he's named according to the angelic instruction that both Mary and Joseph had received before his birth. Then some days later, according to the law's requirements, Mary needs to carry out the steps of her purification so the young family travels to Jerusalem. While there, they present their firstborn son to the Lord according to the law. And in the temple, Simeon is introduced and he testifies in songs in the spirit to Jesus' person and nature and his ministry And next, Anna, the prophetess, comes on the scene and rejoices in and proclaims the same truth that Simeon has just sung. Last, uh, Joseph takes Mary and Jesus and returns home to Nazareth where Christ grows. Uh, And just a quick note here. We won't tonight, or this morning, excuse me, spell this out further, um, except to mention it, and that I'd encourage you to, to think back, to look back, listen back to Dan's message from last week about the extraordinary and the ordinary and the passage that pre- precedes this, um, and see the tie-in here to the end of our passage, just that, like, last verse, um, and uh, the fact that uh, these miraculous events... Um, happen and then we're told that Joseph the carpenter takes his family and returns to the everyday, to the normal, to Nazareth, so this even this passage pretty fantastic, of course what came before it, all these big you know, miraculous things and then they return uh, with a trip to Egypt in there but anyway, um, so kind of like Dan was saying, you know, you may expect a book deal or something like that for these PV shepherds. You know, these huge things, and they just go back to being shepherds. So uh, listen to that. Think on that. Um, we're not going to go into that today, but I'd encourage you to do that. Um, so now, the characters. Another kind of quick flyover here. There's Jesus, the, the recently born baby, who we have seen burst into our world as the virgin-born God man born in a manger and immediately is visited by shepherds who had just been sent by a singing angel army. Uh, Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus, they were recent recipients of angelic pronouncements and visits that they're invo- of their involvement in the birth of this miracle baby, a baby who would be their son and whom they would name for his mission on earth, uh, the salvation of his people. They were devout and righteous followers of not only the law of their land, but of God's law. This passage spells that out time and again. And then there's Simeon, another righteous and devout man who has been waiting for the day he will see the fulfillment of this miraculous, unusual promise that he had received from the Holy Spirit. And finally, Anna, a faithful prophetess, who was continually for decades, long, long time uh, in the temple, serving and worshiping. So we could focus this morning on uh, just a number of things. We could trace the ways that Luke so helpfully uh, establishes this account as trustworthy and precise. Um, And for that, honestly, I'd recommend listening through John MacArthur's sermon series through this passage. As always, he does a really thorough teaching through all the cultural and the factual details and ways um, that Luke accomplishes his stated purpose, which is to give Theophilus an ordered and trustworthy account that will help him to be assured of what he had learned. Um, We could also spend time tying this account back to the numerous passages. Um, prophesying about the Christ, the Messiah, and and we could focus on promises made and promises fulfilled. Uh, But what I'd like to spend the rest of our time this morning uh, doing is is getting back to the anticipation that we spoke of at the outset of the morning. Um, This whole story, uh, not just even our little portion this morning, but the story we've been talking about is about Christ. Um, And central to this small portion of this story is the anticipation that characterized and drove Simeon and Anna and even Mary and Joseph. Um, I'm going to go off script here for just a moment, which I told Dan and Mike jokingly I could do because I like to babble and that kind of thing, but it normally just gets me talking like I'm doing right now. Uh, in all honesty, we, we could go so many different places, and I know today will be frankly very surface level Uh, but I just after spending weeks reading and praying on this passage you know how did it mainly hit me I'm here for one time and uh, and I want to focus on this thought and and there are so many ways that we could go into detail especially with Simeon's specific um, prophetic uh, song or, or announcement and so if you're like I didn't get into this one phrase that I really wanted to feel free to let me know that. I really was able to read a bunch of really good resources that Mike and Dan gave to me. I could point you probably to the specific resource that will get you very deep into any one of those phrases or the details and that kind of thing because there's every time I get up here to preach, I tell the guys, I feel like there's way more that I'm not saying than what I am saying. So I'd love to be a resource to point you to other things that can get you deeper in all those things. But that's my end of off script. So Uh, This morning, we're going to focus on that. So, what were they anticipating, and why? Uh, Salvation, that's the simple answer of the what. Uh, What, in a few sentences that we have recorded about both Simeon and Anna, we learn that they are both, Simeon in verse 25, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and Anna in verse 38, waiting for the redemption of Israel, kind of a synonymous thing there. They're waiting for salvation from the Lord. Uh, Many of the people in their day, many at least the Hebrews in in their day, uh, were anticipating um, something far different than that of what Simeon and Anna were most wanted or were expecting cultural and political salvation. They wanted a Davidic king to rule now. Uh, But Simeon and Anna were hoping and waiting for more. Uh, when When Simeon takes the baby up in his arms, he doesn't just say that he thinks Jesus is special or um, even that he acknowledges that the Spirit has led him to this child in the temple, and he concurs of his identity as a Messiah. Um, What he is saying is, I've been waiting uh, in faith um, for for one that will bring salvation, and here he is. This is Jesus, Um, literally Jehovah's salvation. That's this baby. Um, Kent Hughes says, Simeon and Anna represented all who saw that their only hope was in the mercy and grace of God. Along with the poor carpenter and his wife and the outcast shepherds, they were flesh and blood examples of those to whom Christ comes. They longed for the righteousness and consolation that would come only through the Messiah. They came to God's house hungry and they received as few others have in the history of this world. So this is the answer to the question about what the anticipation uh, that Simeon had was, was all about. It was salvation. Not just immediate political salvation or overthrow, but eternal spiritual salvation. Uh, but if someone is anticipating salvation, uh, doesn't that beg the question of why they needed saving? Um, so uh, let's go to that, the why. Uh, Simeon's words, I think, imply his understanding of his need. Why would he have been waiting for a savior if he doesn't think he needs saving? Uh, so we see his, his, hum, his understanding of his humble state, his humility. God has shown Simeon who he is and what he needs. And so he has been living in eager anticipation of having that need met personally. Uh, Simeon and Anna also show belief. So they've been waiting and now they see, uh, but they believe. They have faith. Uh, looking at this baby, uh, like we could look at Matt's little baby over there, so, so just simply seeing a baby walk into a temple, the, the looking at the baby uh, is, is not um, going to give them all the answers, especially just humanly speaking, you know. Um, so if, if we see a baby walk into church, you don't instantly know who he will be, what he, you know. They, we don't get that. But in the spirit, they were led there. They're given, um, they're given more. So uh, the baby comes, but by the spirit, they've been given eyes to see who this baby is truly is and and they choose to believe. So uh, it's important to note how re- how Luke repeatedly points out the activity of the Spirit in in this passage on Simeon and Anna um, and in, in their lives. Like he had done with Elizabeth and Zechariah earlier in the book. Um, Simeon by the Spirit was given a miraculous revelation about his death being delayed until he saw the Lord's Christ. Simeon was then led by the Spirit to the temple for his encounter with baby Jesus. And then, by what could only be miraculous, spirit-enabled recognition, he sees the the infant enter with a humble family who are only able to offer the sacrifice designated for those who are fairly poor. And he takes up this child, and again, the passage says, in the spirit gives a song of praise and proclamation in affirmation of the child's true nature and mission. So the spirit is, is active, and he's working, he's leading. And Simeon and Anna are sensitive uh, and responsive to this. So I see this as kind of the answer to the why. Why were they anticipating salvation? Because they knew who they were. They knew their need, and they display uh, humility. They were sinners in need of a Savior, and they believed that God had sent him. Um, Simeon, however, knows that he's not alone. He's not, uh, or he is among others who need a savior. Uh, So the passage doesn't say he's waiting for the consolation of Simeon or his own consolation, um, but for the consolation of Israel and uh, the salvation of his people. And furthermore, um, in uh, in addition to salvation for himself and the nation of Israel, Simeon prophetically sings about the inclusion of uh, Gentiles. Uh, here, Luke clearly references the, the global nature of the Messiah's work. Um, God's salvation is prepared in the presence of all people, and he will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Uh, so Christ had not come to be salvation just for Israel, or certainly just for Simeon, but had come for people from all tribes and tongues and nations. Um, one more quote from Kent Hughes, a little bit longer one, but um, it's a summary of what Simeon's song tells us of Christ's messianic work. Um, so again, bear with me. I'll just read through the whole thing here. I think he steps through kind of the whole song and touches on different aspects of it really clearly. And, um, so Hughes says of, of Christ, he comes to the needy, to those who realize that he is, realizes that he is there. Only hope, consider Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, Simeon and Anna. Truly he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty in reference to chapter 1, verse 53. Um, So today it is those with a perpetual sense of spiritual need and spiritual hunger who live in the wonder of the incarnation. So he's talking about the the humility there, the understanding of the true need of salvation. Uh, Back to Hughes, he says, Jesus Christ is the whole of salvation, not part of it. Uh, So when Simeon took up the baby, he didn't say salvation is coming or this is the start of salvation. He said, you know, I, my eyes have seen uh, your salvation. So this, again, that was off Hughes. The realization brings peace to Simeon. Uh, Hughes continues on. The end of his quote here says, uh, we come to new life as he aggressively brings us to the end of ourselves and then raises us to new life. Such reflections on a spiritual life will help us experience Christ day by day. So, Uh, This is the great anticipation that Simeon was living with and that had now been satisfied or had come to its climax. And Simeon joyfully proclaims, my eyes have seen your salvation. Um, And he is at peace. Um, He even says he's ready to depart. He's ready to to die. Um, God has sent salvation, the one who is salvation. So uh, let's bring it home a bit for the, the so what to us uh, now. What does this mean to me, for me now? Uh, certainly, I think part of the, the takeaway from this passage is to just look again at the whole of the incarnation account in awe and uh, see yet another aspect of how God orchestrated just an amazing uh, an unlikely series of events to not only send his son, uh, but then to say like we uh, mentioned in our reading to the kids and um, our Christmas Eve uh, from the Jesus Storybook Bible it's like God as, as a proud daddy saying, here he is here's my little boy uh, and, and this passage just does more of that in miraculous ways. So look at all of that again in, in awe of, of what God has done. Uh, beyond that, I think we can recognize the proper attitudes and actions of Simeon and Anna while they were uh, anticipating and um, then once they were kind of confronted with the climactic realization of that anticipation and hope. Um, and so their their thoughts and actions, they had faith. They, um, they were living expecting this. Um, and they trusted God, and they believed once it came about. And then uh, they rejoiced and immediately set about proclaiming this salvation that had come. So the right response then, especially maybe for those of us with a more full view of Jesus' life, of God's salvation sent in form of this little baby, um, three things, I think. Believe. So Christ Fellowship. Pray that God will give you continued belief in his word and in his son. Um, if you've never heard, uh, or if you've heard and not believed this story, pray for understanding and for belief. Uh, any one of us here would love to take you through the rest of the story of how this baby uh, Jesus grew and and lived a perfectly sinless life, how he Uh, took our sins on him and willingly became our substitute, dying on the cross, and then rising from the dead. So I I urge you, um, believe. Whether you have believed before or whether this is new to you, uh, believe. Rejoice. Be glad. Uh, Maybe even glad enough to sing about it like Simeon. Sean is smiling at me. Seriously. Okay, Uh, Let the truth of this great salvation sink in daily, even moment by moment, uh, and and make your heart glad with this good news of great joy to all people. Uh, So believe, rejoice, and proclaim. Tell of this salvation that has come. Speak of it often. Uh, Like Anna, proclaim it to others who love and are waiting for this news or had waited for this news, or to those who don't know or at least don't love this news. Uh, Rehearse it in your home. Uh, wherever else you have or can make opportunity uh, proclaim the, the good news of this salvation. Uh, do you get uh, a sense now of the the greater anticipation Simeon lived with? Uh, doesn't that make our regular occurrences of anticipation uh, for a birthday or for the next long weekend you have or for news of Aaron Rodgers' injury report or you know that the little things like that seem, trivial in comparison, Uh, if you find that you're more prone to living in great anticipation of these lesser things, uh, pray with me that God would allow our belief in, our rejoicing over, and our proclamation of this this great salvation to stir us to more intentionality. Uh, May we find ourselves more and more often to be living with great anticipation of God's working in and salvation of us and of uh, this world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, uh, for sending us Christ. Thank you for uh, your great rescue plan uh, that you were um, just so so graciously uh, willing to uh, enact. In, in this awesome story of uh, Christmas and of the Incarnation. Thank you for all the wonderful ways that it shows us uh, your love, your power, and uh, thank you for this passage and the, um, the example we see and even the pattern of, of just response to your Spirit's work and to um, the, the revelation of the salvation that you've brought. I pray that you would work that into us um, Help us to respond and uh, to believe, rejoice in, and proclaim this uh, this salvation to, to each other, to ourselves, and certainly to this world and the city you've put us in. I um, uh, pray that the rest of our service here, uh, the Lord's Supper, and our, our communication and um, singing uh, to each other and to you uh, will just be pleasing, and thank you again for your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.